This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Deanna Wallen, the CEO and founder of Naples Soap. I am excited for her to be here. Welcome to the show. So Deanna, tell a little bit, a little, little bit more about who you are and what you do. I am the founder and CEO of Naples Soap Company. We are an omnichannel retailer. We started 13 years ago in a little tiny 300 square foot space um, in Naples, Florida, thus the name Naples Soap Company. Um, and I was a nurse and I have had eczema and psoriasis my whole life and my daughter has as well. And I was tired of working in the medical field and I had gotten divorced. A friend of mine said, hey, why don't you come open a store next to me? It'll be fun because she had a, a jewelry store, an accessory store. And I said, okay, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Not knowing what I was getting myself into. Um, and I had a friend of mine at my house and I said, he was in retail. And I said, you know, I want to open this store. There's a little space here. I don't know what I'm going to sell. And we were looking at retail concepts and, and uh, he came out of my bathroom and was like, why do you have so much soap and lotion? And I gave him a 45 minute dissertation on eczema and psoriasis. And he said, well, what do you like the best? And I said, I like natural soap. And he said, and he literally Googled natural soap wholesale, boom. And he goes, here's your suppliers, sell what you know. So that's how Naval Soap Company and the light bulb went off over my head. And I was like, wow, I've always been a huge fan. I've always had, you know, a lot of women have excess, excess bath and body products in their bathrooms, but I have, I am like the Mac daddy of queen (laughs) of bath and body products in my bathroom. Um, it's actually caused some marital strife at, at on occasion. Um, (laughs) but so, uh, so I am very passionate about skincare and I enjoy it. And so the light bulb went off and I took, a, like I said, I took a 300 square foot space and within three months I was breaking the wall down and taking the space next to me because I had so many people coming in and out of the store looking for the natural soaps that we were selling and the body care. So uh, within a year I took another location because I had people driving from 45 minutes to an hour away to come to our store to talk to me. Uh, within that year, I took two more locations. And if you fast forward to today, we have, uh, well, we had 10 locations. We've got, uh, nine now after the hurricane and we've got four, uh, under construction that will deliver in Q1. So we will have, uh, 13 units by the end of Q1 in, um, in the state of Florida. And they're all in the state of Florida. Currently, they're all in the state of Florida, all under the Naval Soap Company brand. Uh, we also, like I said, we're an omni-channel retailer. So we have Amazon uh, sales. We have our own e-com website, which we're doing somewhere between two and a half and three million a year on our e-com. And then uh, we also have wholesale clients. Uh, some of those clients are like, uh, for example, the Ritz-Carlton in Naples. Before they got hurricane damage, we were getting ready to go into all of their VIP suites and provide VIP uh, product for them, for their, their guests at the new hotel that the renovated hotel on the beach. So we, so we definitely have the four sales channels and, but the retail retail stores are our largest sales channel. I, I could ask you about 
3 billion questions. I have so many. I'm so passionate about retail, but I won't do that. So I, I'll, I'll try to stick to a few. I'm so fascinated by entrepreneurs who do this. You're also a public company? Yeah, uh, about a year and a half ago, we did a reverse merger. OTC markets were getting ready to delist a whole lot of companies that weren't current. So there was an opportunity to pick up a shell company and to back into it. And um, and we did that successfully within a very quick period of time after we did our due diligence. And so we are currently listed on OTC pink sheets and we are working our way. We've done completed OTC QB filings to work up to the next market. Um, the, that OTC uh, process that allowed us to raise over a million dollars uh, that first year, which was really exciting for us. Um, and we are working on our expansion plans, some organic, and um, we've got some joint ventures that we are discussing with a couple of companies out there as well to, uh, to enhance our growth and possibly some <clears throat> franchise opportunities. Amazing. So I'll start with the first store. So 300 feet. What, what type of place was this? Was this a mall, a strip center? What was this? It was actually uh, in a place called Tin City. It's an old historic uh, fishing. It was a, a like a, a clamshelling factory at one point in time. It's it's a historic building and it sits right on the water and there's a couple of restaurants on the water. It's very kitschy and um, a lot of tourists go there. And that was sort of what I based my model on. And I really didn't get to go on a lot of family vacations or vacations when I was a kid. So I decided that I was going to put my stores everywhere that I would want to spend the weekend or go hang out for a vacation, not as a child, but as an adult. Amazing. So we have, yeah. So if I don't, if, if it's someplace yucky, that's got bad traffic or bad weather, we're not going there. So we are in um, mostly high tourist traffic areas. Um, for example, downtown Fort Myers, that's a really, nice area. We were there two years during a, um, a renovation period of that five, six block district. Um, we like downtown areas. We are in some lifestyle centers um, that have mixed use with apartments up above, but nicer lifestyle centers. Um, a traditional mall is not where we are. Um, you know, we have competitors in those malls and it's really not our demographic. Our demographic is much uh, higher end, um, demographic with a little bit more disposable income. Amazing. And so when you went to decide on that 300 square foot space, was that your first entrepreneur business? Oh yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clue. So, and it was 2009. So we're in the middle of this, you know, coming out of the 2008 market crash. And I think I, I just tell people ignorance is bliss because if I had actually known what I know now, I probably would have never done what I did and uh, basically took every penny I owned and ended up putting it into this business. But it has paid off um, over and over again. So I have no regrets for that. But you know, growing the business, the business has a life of its own. It's been really fun building a brand and building a brand that has a uh, solid reputation and kind of a cult following for its products, if you will. For sure. And how much did you put in? Like what you, you said, you put it all into this 300 square foot space and this, and these soaps. What, what, how much did you put in? Probably over, over the course of the first two to three years, I probably put close to $300,000 out of my own pocket in kind of like, did you ever take any, any like venture or PE funding? 
No, no, I really, because I, it was, it was scary as an entrepreneur, I was gambling with my money. And if I lose my money, that's one thing, but I, you know, I'm just not the kind of person that is, uh, has the nerve to gamble with other people's money. So I bet on my own horse. I bet on myself and bet on that horse. And I knew that there were situations that I could control, but, um, to, I definitely would lose sleep, uh, with some of the bumps and hurdles that we faced in the very beginning, I would have definitely lost sleep had I been accountable to outside money. So we might've taken a slower growth path, but everything that we had was within our control. Good for you. And you mentioned you have four channels. You have the stores, your own site, third-party online sites like Amazon, and then you have wholesale. Got it. And it's all your product? Uh, in our in our retail locations, I do carry some other products besides our branded products. But right now, we have close to 650 of our own branded products, and we do everything from uh, body butter, scrubs, uh, sea salt scrubs, natural soaps, sea salt soaps, loofah soaps. Um, we do high end face care. We have a CBD line. We've got a sunscreen products. Um, we've got lip balm. We've got SPF lip balm. Uh, we have bath bombs, shower bombs, um, essential oils, but in the, so that all that core product is on our website, but in the retail stores, we also carry what we call our ancillary items. So it might be, for example, like a, um, a diffuser that you would put essential sure. oils in or things that we don't particularly put our brand on, maybe some like kitcheny tea towels, you know, or bathroom towels, that type of thing that have cute sayings and things like that on them. Um, so we diversify because at the end of the day, we are a retail store and retail is our bread and butter. So uh, 650 core products will fill the walls and some of the tables where you still need to have more products um, of interest to mix in. And, you know, especially being in high tourist traffic areas, we might carry some little dishes that are made like turtles and seashells and things like that, that people want to take as a souvenir to bring home or, or a, you know, a gift to someone. Really cool. And so you had 10 locations, you have nine now, you'll have 13 in Q, at the end of Q1 next year. And give me that, what's the average size and like what's the average unit volume of one of these? Sure, so we have, it's kind of a variety. We've got, my smallest unit is 780 square feet in Sarasota and my largest unit is in Kissimmee at, uh, adjacent to Margaritaville and in Plantation Walk, and that is 2,400 square feet. That's a pretty big store for us. Um, the, the right size for us is somewhere between 15 and 1,800 square feet, but sometimes it's hard to find the exact, you know, sure, footprint sure. that you have, that you like. Um, so that's the average uh, size, square size. footage. Um, the stores can range anywhere from, you know, 1.5, Three million to four hundred thousand. We've got A, B, and C level stores, and that's a lot of product and a lot of units coming out of the the, the A level store that does last year like one point two million. That's a thousand square feet. That's a wow. lot of product wow. moving out of a thousand square feet. Yeah. Wow. And <clears throat> when did you decide to do these other channels? Because now omni channel obviously you have your own website, so you sell direct to consumer. 
that's great. All these tourists who come down there when they go home, now they can still buy you. <clears throat> um, so we have an 87% capture rate on our uh, in-store transactions. Um, we have a tremendous amount of software that calculates our KPIs for us that ties into our POS system. So uh, we, we were averaging, uh, you know, when we started tracking, we were about at a 30% capture rate on email. Now we're somewhere between 80 and 87%, just depends on the week. During holiday weeks, it's a little less because people are in a hurry. Um, but that email capture is critical for feeding our e-com business because people get signed up for our e-blasts and they get a welcome email and then they're into the flow. So um, now that they, they've already purchased, they've had an in-store um, experience, which now I've got, you know, I'm not just trying to feed top of funnel through social and through other channels. I've got someone who actually is an experienced customer or has had an experience with us. Fantastic. Well, kudos to you. That's amazing story and growth. And do you plan to open stores out of Florida? We are looking, we're looking in the Charleston area. Um, we are looking at a lot of different um, opportunities. We had a little bit of setback um, in September with the hurricane. here. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So did I. I'm in Fort Myers. Yeah, I wanted to talk about it. That's how I heard about you. Uh, I saw you out there. We had a shopping center in Fort Myers. We were under a multi-million dollar redevelopment. We're back on track. We should deliver and open in March. So I know the pain though. Uh, I was midway through construction on this as it happened. So tell me what happened to your store and what's going on and what you're doing. We, uh, we have a, out of the 10 locations we had open, six of them are in a South in Southwest Florida. So we've got a pretty tight footprint in Southwest Florida. We also go all the way up into the panhandle. Florida is a pretty big state. So between my northernmost store and my southernmost store and people go, oh, they're all in Florida. Yeah, well, there's an 800 mile stretch between right, the right. furthest and people don't realize how far that can be. Um, so six of them are in southwest Florida. The other four are either in the central Florida or more northern Florida. So out of the six in southwest Florida, four of them were took on water and any... Um, the two stores in Naples, one of them took on, on Fifth Avenue, which is a higher end shopping district there. Um, oh, we had about eight to 10 inches of water in that store, just enough to ruin the floors and fixtures. And then um, Intensity, our mothership, the original little store, um, that's a very old historic building. And we had about a three and a half foot water line inside that, inside the store. Um, and the building itself sustained a lot of damage. Um, downtown Fort Myers is on the river. We had about a three foot water line in that store. Um, Sanibel Island, we have almost a six foot watermark inside that store as well. Um, there were trash cans that were on the ground, um, little, you know, just small trash cans that were sitting up on six feet high of shelves. So it was, it was horrifying to say the least. Um, and not only that, the damage wasn't just that water came in and went out. When water came in, it brought basically the bottom of the river or the bottom of the bay. It brought sewage. It brought a lot of nasty stuff that you do not want in your house or your, your business. Um, so mitigating that, getting Surf Pro out right away, um, tearing the walls down to studs four feet up. Um, it was an epic nightmare. And at the same time, we... We have built a, we were in the process of finishing and waiting for a CO on a 20,000 square foot 
warehouse and, and corporate office. We've been building that out for almost a wow, year. Wow, where, where? In Fort Myers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so, so that building didn't sustain any damage, but the building that we were in that I had just sold in April, um, I had owned that building since 2015 personally. We moved out of 11, that was 11,000 square feet and I had sold it in April, thank God. Oh my God. And, um, and the <clears throat> waterproof membrane on the roof of that was off in the parking lot. So we had extensive damage in the warehouse that we were in. So first thing we had to do was secure the warehouse and move into a facility with no power. Um, the, all the acoustic tiles were coming down. Insulation was coming down on top of us. My computers were ruined. There was so much water damage in that building. We had to salvage what we could. We had maybe $20,000 worth of product damaged from water. And then, uh, airlifted everything over to the new warehouse. We had friends, husbands, boyfriends, some of my girlfriends came, they brought their fathers with them. I mean, anybody that could possibly pick up a box and move it, they came and showed up in droves wow, to help wow. us move. Yeah. Because we were, we're fighting against time because in Florida, you don't know when it's going to rain again. So with that just being exposed, we, we knew we had to get everything out and we were in the new facility. We got power up probably three days after three to four days after we moved into the new facility and we were up and shipping within another four days. Ooh. Yeah, my team. So when it came to mitigation of the stores that were damaged, um, we got three stores mitigated. And I'm talking like full surf pro, the fans, the right, floor right. cleaning, drywall cut up to four, four feet, reinstall drywall. Um, we got them mitigated, refixtured and restocked in 67 days. Three wow. stores. Wow. It was a Herculean effort. Our team has just really busted it out. And that's 67 us rolling. Days. Yeah. And us moving warehouse and rolling into holiday season at the wow. same time wow. into Christmas. So it's been pretty busy around here. My team is uh, is looking forward to <laughs> having some time off. Oh, yeah, I imagine. And you say your team. How many employees do you have? Uh, I think right now my census is probably 85 total. Yeah. And... and- so the, the last store is not coming back in downtown? That's uh, Sanibel Island. Oh. Um, right now, the the island hasn't even been open to the public. They- I was just there. I was literally just there. I, I, I've toured it because I, I needed to go see the project that we have. So I was there. And my wife and I, our vacation spot every year for our family, I have a four and five-year-old, is Captiva. This year we're going to Anna Maria Island. We switched course because of what's going on, but uh, typically Captiva and Sanibel, and obviously that's Tween Waters is out there. That hotel. Um, I had Doug, Doug Babcock, who's the CEO of that hotel group. I had him on my radio show last week, and um, they are getting ready. To, they're taking reservations and they're open to the public again. Um, January second, they've taken reservations, so they're opening then. But um, they are back up and running. I was out there three weeks ago and had lunch at the old Captiva Inn. And it's just really, it's sad because the island is so- Did you go by boat or helicopter? How'd you get there? Uh, drove over the bridge. Oh, the bridge is up now? Yeah. the fir- We have a, a hurricane pass to get over the bridge. Um, their bridge is temporarily repaired. So, uh, but the first time we went out there, uh, maybe two weeks after the storm, we had to go by boat. And it was atrocious. The bay- smelled like gasoline and sewage and like just decimated just 
just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. So our landlord is really working hard there to restore the building, but a, huge parts of Sanibel still don't have power. So without power, it's hard to, you can't get your ACs going and you might as well not put drywall in because without, you know, pulling the humidity out of the air and not having AC, you know, your drywall is getting moisture in it. So there's a lot of things that still have to happen out there for the island to recover. And it's going to be a long, long time. You said 67 days for the other three stores. Would you say that's you're back to normal in those stores? Uh, the Fifth Avenue store is right at LY numbers right now. Um, Tin City is running at about 50% LY. Um, just because one of the other buildings isn't open. And then someone decided there was a drunk driver on Black Friday morning at three o'clock in the morning, decided to launch his car 70 miles an hour through the end of the building. Um, yeah, oh. that, ha that actually happened. So I've had, I had drivers driving the shopping centers before. So right. I same thing. This is the second time this has happened. So he launched through the winery at the end of the, at the end of our building and out the other side and the car burst into flames. So that was what I woke up to Black Friday morning, and I can't make this stuff up. It's just crazy. So the poor old girl at Tin City has been under attack. Um, so they're running at about fifty percent because they're not fully open. A couple of one of the buildings isn't open, um, and then uh, downtown Fort Myers, that store, they're running. A, their numbers are probably about eighty-five to ninety percent of LY. So we're happy enough with that at the moment. We'll take it. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, this was an amazing story and kudos to you. 67 days, true entrepreneurial spirit, way to get everyone behind you and go in and uh, wish you guys nothing but the best. And I hope uh, the numbers by the end of this weekend end up rocking and rolling for you. You and me both. You and me both. Sometimes, Chris, the only way out is through. So that's that's the direction that's it, we went. It. Exactly. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it too. Thank you so much. Well, I have three questions for you at the end though. I'm sorry. I got three questions for you. Okay. You ready? They're fun. All right. Question one. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? Oh, wow. Um, oh gosh. Dare I say FAO Schwartz? That's a good one. Yeah, this was one of my favorite stops in New York City. And every single year for Christmas, I would always take my kids to FAO Schwartz. And it was such an amazing experience. Now there's an Apple store there. <laughs> there's a giant Apple store right in the middle of where FAO used to be. So Okay, question two. What's the last item over $20 you bought in a store? In which store? Any store. Oh, gosh. Last item over $20? Ooh, good question. In a store, in a physical store. Physical store. Physical store. Not online, not Amazon. Not online. Okay, because I bought some shoes this morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> but those were online. Um, in a physical store. Oh, I bought olive oil. So I, there's an olive oil company that's next door to us in uh, one of our locations and uh, bought olive oil to give us gifts to support them. So Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So olive oil and vinegar, vinegar set Christmas. Last question. I think I know the answer, but if you and I were shopping at Target and I lost you, what aisle would I find you in? Oh, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, 
Um, probably uh, somewhere wandering around health and beauty or medicine or supplements. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was, that was an easy one for you. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, listen, Deanna, this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Have a great holiday. You too. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives, so it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.